This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Good morning. It is Thursday, July 16th, and you're listening to the College Football Daily. My name is Trey Scott. We touched on the fact that JT Daniels was declared immediately eligible by the NCAA earlier this week, which is massive news because Georgia already has a championship-level roster. The SEC figures to send at least one team to the college football playoff. And, hey, look, if Georgia can upgrade at quarterback over what Jake Fromm did last year, you would think the Bulldogs have as good a chance of anyone out of that league, especially out of the East where Florida lurks as a very likely Contender, Of course, complicating matters, however, is that Georgia already has a transfer quarterback set to start the 2020 season in Wake Forest edition, Jamie Newman. So I thought this conversation, or rather this discussion, deserved a little bit more love here on the College Football Daily. So what we're going to do is listen in on a fun 15-minute conversation over at the Junkyard Dogcast podcast between Jake Rowe, Kip Adams, and special guest Greg Biggins, who covered JT Daniels out when JT was in high school and Greg is really dialed in there. He knows a lot about what's going on. Talks about JT's recovery from last year's ACL injury. Talks about JT on a new diet. And then Jake and Kip talk about how JT factors into this quarterback battle and really who actually might have the upper hand to potentially take Georgia to the college football playoff in 2020. Enjoy. I'm going to start with you, Greg. We're going to jump right into this JT Daniels thing. And, and, you know, I know you've had some contact with some people close to him and, and, and maybe some family there. Talk to me about where he is at as far as his injury goes now that he's been declared immediately eligible and this is something that's very pertinent to the 2020 season. Yeah, no, I mean, like you said, uh, off air, just to reset it, for those who don't know, he actually tore his ACL in, you know, in the last play of the first half of the first game last season. And so – uh, I mean, everything in there was, was torn and ripped up. So uh, he's doing good, you know, still hasn't been uh, 100% cleared medically yet, but he's been working out and throwing for, you know, for some time now. He's obviously, you know, out there in, in Athens. and He's been throwing and doing the seven on seven and arm feels great. You mentioned it last time he did the pod. It's something about the humidity or, you know, the hand, you know, almost like a Spider-Man thing or saying the ball sticks to your hand a little bit better. He's actually added some, you know, five to 10 yards on his deep ball. But uh, they're hoping, I think, to hear within a week, uh, maybe a, a week and a half if they are, um, you know, fully medically cleared. So, you know, he's in shape, the, the best shape they've had in a long time. And, um, you know, his, his weight is down. They recently found out that, that uh, you know, he had a, a milk allergy that honestly they didn't know he even had. So, uh, you know, he grew up drinking almond milk and switched over to muscle milk. And since they found out about this a few months ago, he's dropped 15 to almost 20 pounds. So great shape, feeling good. Arm feels great. Um, really, really good in terms of straight line running. Um, needs to, you know, continue to work on that whole lateral movement, but long way, long way of saying, long winded way of saying, I think they're hoping to get that medical clearance probably within the next week or so. 
And one thing here to, to point out with quarterbacks, not being fully cleared at this point isn't that big of a deal for a quarterback. I mean, if you're an offensive lineman and you're supposed to be working on one-on-ones at this point and, and you're not able to do that, or if you're a receiver and, and you're, you know, needing to you know, be putting in a lot of mileage on your legs right now, then that's an issue. But for a quarterback, I mean, shoot, he could probably get, get into preseason camp and be cleared halfway through and not really miss anything because there's no contact, there's not a lot of, of, of cutting and things like that. I mean, obviously, he's working on the lateral movement, but you know he's doing that in, as part of his rehabilitation process. So it's not that big of a deal. But I do think it's pretty important to kind of set the stage there as far as kids still coming back from an, in, from an injury. And, uh, you know, well, the one thing you don't want to see happen is – oh, wow, Georgia landed this number three quarterback in the, in the 2018 class. He's going to come in and he's going to you know, play right away. Georgia's got Jamie Newman there as well, who has a head start on him. So there's just a lot to, to, get, you know, to get to right there. Greg, have you heard anything? And, and I want to get Kip's take on this too. Have you heard anything about how things have been going for him at Georgia? You mentioned the, the getting in great shape. But uh, as far as how he's feeling about it and, and how comfortable he is and, and how much he likes it thus far. You know, he absolutely loves it. And obviously, he, he was at USC, right? So he was at a good school, especially skill position-wise. And But just the, the upgrade in athleticism is, is, just, is just amazing. And, you know, just wide receiver freaks all over the place. And I think, you know, he, he loves the community. He loves the passion. He loves the coaching staff. Most of all, I think he really loves Coach Munkin and loves that offense. And that was a huge reason. Again, it wouldn't have mattered if Dan Marino was on the Georgia roster. He was going to pick a school, and he didn't care about competition or depth chart. But the whole plan was, okay, let's go find a school with an, an NFL offensive-minded head coach who's going to allow JT to do what he does best. And, again, kind of some background. Talking about a kid who, in middle school, uh, he led his Pop Warner team to a national title where he was actually calling the plays. At Meyer Day High School, uh, he led a team his junior year, which was his last year in high school. Remember, he uh, reclassified, but his junior year, many people feel that was the best high school team in Southern Section history. Uh, he called the own place, you know, and that's what JT does. He gets the line, and he's phenomenal at, at advanced when it comes to pre-snap and, and post-snap. And, and maybe you only do that six or seven times a game, but shoot, those six or seven times when you're making an adjustment, a quick read, uh, those are game-changing plays, right? And so, obviously – um, their feeling was this is what Coach Munkin wants. He wants a guy who can manage the game, not just a guy who's going to go out there and make some throws, actually a guy who's going to think the position along the lines of, of him, the OC, the quarterback. And so they were big on that. And so far, uh, you know, I, I think JT has been loving that relationship. He loves the offense, the system. And so um, everything they hoped would happen once he got there in terms of just the feel, the offense, the fit, the receivers um, – Throwing with those guys on the side, the relationships, uh, you know, even saying that the relationships with, with Jamie is he's great guy. They've been getting along well. We'll see if that changes now that JT's cleared, right? But so far, everything's been great relationally and, and system-wise and offense-wise. And you like to hear that. I mean, even if it's not a team you cover or, or even not a team you like, you just like to hear that these guys made good decisions, that, that they're that – they're, confirmed in, in the decision they made. They feel good about it, and they're, and they're, you know, getting along with their life really well. And that's, uh, you know, this is a guy that moved from one coast to the other. He's not, you know, one of these kids that that chose to come from the Rust Belt or the Sun Belt over to to uh, to the state of California. He's a, he's a California kid. And, and then coming over to Georgia all the way across the country to, a, to kind of a new 
world. I mean, you almost need a, a, a visa to, to go <laughs> from the two places in terms of how different they are uh, culture-wise. And, and it's cool to hear that a guy's fitting in well and he's happy and, and feeling good about things, especially considering what he went through last year with the injury. Kip, I've heard some stuff, but I want to hear from you on this, a little bit different angle than, than Greg here. What are you hearing about how he has looked and, and, and kind of the impact he has made since being at Georgia from, from a player and, and leadership standpoint? You know, all returns on, on from what I've heard is said that the, his teammates love him. I mean, the receivers have really warmed up to him and that he's – I mean, he's dove into the playbook. You know, as soon as he knew Georgia – was the place for him. He made sure to get with Coach Monk and the staff and and just dive right in. And you talk about Jamie Newman, you know, having uh, several months advantage, you know, in that playbook. But from everything I've heard, JT has just stormed in there and, and really, you know, just impressed everyone uh, from the talking to the staff, from, you know, throwing with, with teammates. They really like what he brings to the table. So overall, I mean, we're in mid-July. We're not sure what the future holds. We're not sure what, if, when practice will really be able to kick into gear. But, you know, trying to give a, a overall handicap right now, I think Georgia, if they're playing football in 2020, that right now they have a quarterback battle on their hands, a legitimate one. And, you know, I, I, I like JT Daniels' chances. I mean, again, Newman had the – the heads up. I mean, he got there first. He got that head start. But, I mean, even though Newman brings 16 starts to the table, JT brings 12. So, it's, it's again, we're still talking about two guys who have been at the helm for an entire season each. And I think that JT's skill set and what he has done so far at Georgia and throwing in the voluntary workouts with his teammates has – I've heard enough to know that I think JT has a legitimate shot to compete for the starting quarterback job for Georgia this fall. Yeah, and I think that's legit. I mean, I think that's a legit way to look at it. I, I do think Jamie Newman has a fight on his hands. Now, I would probably give um, Newman, if I were handicapping it, I'd give him the, the, the edge and odds there just because I really do think that that extra several months he had on JT in terms of getting to know his teammates, he had a, a two-month head start as far as the offense itself and while there were no practices, there were walkthroughs and things like that. And that's kind of a discussion, I think, for another day um, outside of acknowledging that there's going to be a quarterback battle. But, listen, I, I reported in, in our insider notes uh, over at Dogs 24-7 here uh, a couple weeks ago maybe and, and, and even last week that, I mean, the buzz has all been positive about both of these guys. But, but, but JT, you know, in particular and, and you know, the confidence, uh, I think that's one thing that, that has really stood out to people thus far. He's a very confident kid and, and he's come in and he's just kind of meshed real well with everyone. And, and you can always tell the guy that wants to fit in and, and knows the right way to do it. And then the guy that just either doesn't know the right way to do it or doesn't really care to fit in, he's just kind of a mercenary. And both of these guys have done that well. And, you know, listen, I, obviously when you've got – you've got the old saying that if you have two quarterbacks, well, then you really have none. And I don't think that's the, this type of situation for Georgia because what they have on their hands here are a couple of quarterbacks that, that play the game almost recklessly – and I, and I mean that in a good way. They play the game the way it's supposed to be played. And Jamie Newman's had some injury issues. 
Uh, JT Daniels has some injury issues. Is coming off an injury. So it's very, very important, I think, that Georgia has both of these guys to kind of compete for the job and to build a little depth. The College Football Daily will be right back. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Greg, based on what you know about JT, and we may have covered this when we had you on the first time whenever he announced his transfer to Georgia, what – in your mind, kind of gives him the best shot or, or makes you believe he's got the best shot to kind of be the guy for Georgia as soon as possible? Yeah, and, and obviously not to discount Jamie at all. And I, I think you made a great point. You know, you got to throw out that old saying, if you have two, you don't have one. I think, you know, if we can use the C word, um, you know, the, the not COVID, not the other one that you probably shouldn't say. Um, but shoot – Chances are, you know, you're going to have some guys that, that, that might catch it down the line, right? What if you're going into a big game and your star quarterback suddenly gets sick? I think having two guys that are both very, very good is, is a great uh, problem to have. So in terms of why I think JT fits, again, you kind of mentioned, you know, Jamie got a head start, which he absolutely did. But in terms of the head start on, on learning Munkin's playbook, right, it wasn't that much more, right? Because I know he committed – Prior to Munkin jumping in, you guys can give me the time frame or the, the dates. But JT's had ample time to really study that playbook and grasp it. And, and I think that's, again, that's what he does. And not to say that Jamie doesn't do that, but JT, uh, he has a, a, a mind that's just a, a, an NFL-level mind when it comes to reading and dissecting. And he loves that. He loves taking a playbook and dissecting. He likes going to the line of scrimmage and, and making plays and, and making those quick decisions and and getting the ball out quick and on time. And th th that's what he does. And that's why I think that's what the Munkin offense is all about. And so I think because of that, um, you know, I, I think he's got a great shot, right? He, he thinks the position and not to discount his physical tools. He, he, he can bring it. I mean, he is a, he's a stronger armed kid than people think. And like you mentioned before, man, he's a, a, a natural leader. People have always liked him. Uh, he's always been a great teammate at the lower levels going up to high school and like you mentioned it, no, no prima donna in him. He didn't come in there, you know, acting like a mercenary. He came in and, and was picking up kids, taking them to seven-on-seven, seven, doing the practice with them. He wanted to really be that guy who was going to be a great teammate to everybody, whether you're the star guy or the lower guy. He wanted to just kind of come in humble, and I think he's done that. But I think his ability to, to again, kind of similar to, you know, Jake Fromm as a true freshman. It just he, JT is advanced when it comes to knowing an offense, making reads, decisions. And then he has, I think he has the tools. The only thing that for me might be a little bit of a concern, especially if what that first game of the year, if it's against Alabama, you guys can correct me if I'm wrong. I think that's the first league game is, and that's, that's some serious pass for us coming at you for a guy who hasn't played in a year and, you know, still hasn't been fully medically cleared. Like I said, JT's fine, you know, going forward, but the whole lateral making guys miss uh, and that's why I think it might not be a bad thing for the first few games to play both guys, right? It, give them both live reps and, and see how it goes. But uh, for all those other reasons I mentioned, I think, you know, that and kind of piggyback with what the Kip said, you know, I, I do think he's got a legitimate shot. 
Yeah, there's no doubt about it. And, and there's a full-fledged quarterback competition at Georgia. And it's amazing how quickly things change because on, on January 8th, you didn't know uh, who was going to be Georgia's starting quarterback. They had nobody with with a start on the roster at the time. And, and they had uh, they had one guy, Stetson Bennett, with with three games under his belt of, of action and not even three entire games, just three two mop-up duties and one play for a – for an injury, and then uh, now they've got two guys with a combined 28 starts. And not only that, they have two guys that are very much used to grabbing those practice scripts, taking players out to the field for seven-on-sevens, running those things, leading in those things, and, and that's huge. That's huge for your team in the offseason, and and uh, hopefully we get to see uh, football this season. Uh, Kip, anything else, any other uh, pardon shot type thoughts you want to add concerning JT Daniels and kind of – the quarterback battle and, and what Georgia has on their hands here with, with him being eligible immediately. I just think overall you got to look at how Kirby handled the, the transfer portal. We got to look again. I mean, we talked about it. Kirby got a lot of flack for how things went down in, in 2018 with Jake Fromm and Justin Fields. And honestly, I mean, it was a tough situation. You had a quarterback who had led you to a national championship game as a true freshman. And you had another quarterback who was still adjusting and learning the playbook and adjusting to college football in general. He was put in a very tough situation and he played the guy he thought was going to give him the best chance to win in 2018. And, and that, you know, just went with the hand he was dealt. And we saw how 2019 went for Georgia and offensively. And, again, a lot criticism on Kirby Smart as a young head coach and, and how he's handle, handling the offense. And he makes a change. He brings in a new offensive coordinator in, in Todd Munkin and also brings in an assistant in Buster Faulkner, who's, you know, had success working with quarterbacks as well. And then, I mean, not only does he get one outstanding transfer quarterback, but he, but he gets two in the same cycle, I think you just got to say that potentially Kirby may have not only, I mean, adjusted, but he may have come out of this in an outstanding position and given Georgia a chance that, again, if football is played this year, they have a championship caliber roster and they have two quarterbacks on the roster who could take them to that championship. So I think not knowing what was going to happen this year with the quarantine, not being able to predict any of that, I don't think he could have handled the quarterback position any better than Kirby Smart has in 2020. All right, thanks to those guys for pinch hitting for us today on the College Football Daily. If you appreciate what we're doing, please leave us a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts. Got a lot of those recently. Helps us keep visibility high. I've gotten a few non-five-star ratings too. Some people are not loving the sound quality. And to that I say, look, we're working remote. We got a pandemic, got a quarantine. We're doing the best we can. We are delivering to you a college football podcast every single weekday for over one year. The five-star ratings help us maintain visibility atop the charts. We are trying to do a daily college football podcast in the midst of a pandemic, certainly uncertain times. Even if there aren't any games in September or October, we're still going to be doing a daily college football podcast. And give us some five-star love. We appreciate it. Helps us pay the bills. For our producer, Tony Levitt, for the guys at Junkyard Dogcast, my name is Trey Scott, and we'll see you on Friday for the next edition of the College Football Daily.
Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.